WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Last night's Penguins game was great. It went way past, have you ever seen the Flyers win the cup? It was more like, have you ever seen the Flyers touch the puck? Or, have you ever seen their goalie stop a shot? At one point, it was four zip Penguins, and the shots were four apiece. The Flyers just aren't any good again. The Pens and Flyers are a rivalry geographically and traditionally. But the Penguins now are so much better. It's like the windshield and the buck. At the forefront, as always, was the captain. Crosby had a great goal and a couple helpers. And now Sid has 100 points against the Flyers. Well, actually, he's got 102 in 68 games. Sid is Pittsburgh through and through because he urinates all over Philadelphia every chance he gets. He scored on 14 different Philadelphia goalies. He has 33 multiple-point games against Philadelphia. Sid's done everything against the Flyers but punch Gritty right in his big, fat, stupid face. And he may yet do that. Back in 2012, some delusional writer from Philadelphia wrote that Sid had passed the torch to Claude Giroux as the world's best player. I mean, Claude friggin' Giroux, of all people, who wasn't the best player in the world for even one second. If you want to see that kind of battle, tune in Saturday when Edmonton visits Pittsburgh with Connor McDavid. Because when it's the Pens and Sid against the Flyers and Giroux, if you're wearing orange and black, all you are is just another victim. Captain Emo brought you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1950. Six. You know what else was very noticeable about the Flyers last night? They're not tough at all. I mean, never mind the Broad Street bully, drop the gloves, the crap like that. Never mind that. They're not even aggressive. They try to become something, something they're not, and they no longer are what they were. They're not anything. Their team was zero identity. And... Not a lot of talent either, especially on defense. Uh, Mikey and Big Bob had their freak show section at the Pens game last night for Halloween. And uh, everyone says it was great. But why wasn't there a Mark Madden big head? I mean, come on, guys. Tall Kathy big head, but no double M big head? Come on. 412 333 Let's go to Maverick in Annapolis. Maverick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Right. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about Dominic Simone, um, and I'm actually going to compliment him. I'm like complain like we have in the past, but you mentioned that if you're going to put Simone on Crosby's line, do it for at least a month. Yes. So I can develop some chemistry. And it looks like that's exactly what's happening. Crosby's scoring points, Gensel is. Even Dominic Simone's actually getting some goals uh, for once. So I think Simone I has mean, played well enough to stay on the line. Uh, I, I wouldn't say indefinitely, but he's, he deserves to keep staying there. 
I would say, yeah, he's definitely a competent line mate. I wouldn't say he's a definite, like, Gensel should. Oh, uh, well, no, I don't think anybody's going to compare Simone there, to Gensel. But uh, he's right. played well. And uh, But like I always say, he has some bad misses, and all the analytics don't take those bad misses and put them in the net. Uh, he had a egregious miss at Florida. It cost the Penguins a point. Analytics don't hey, erase those. Let's go to Eric in Allegheny. Eric, you're on with Mark. Hi, I wanted to talk about the Steelers making the playoffs. Yeah. I I believe they will. Okay, they won't. Why do you think they will? 2006. What? Look at Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman, 2006. That Bears defense carried him through the entire season. Okay, so you're comparing the Steelers of 2019 to the Bears of 2006. Yes. You know what? I'm going to agree with you and say, yep, they're going to make the playoffs because, honestly, I don't care enough to check that comparison out at all. I think okay. it's remote. I think it's desperate. I think it's snatching. I think it's borderline idiotic. But I have no no, no say beyond that because I'm not going to look it up. I don't care. If you say this team is comparable to that team with Rex Grossman, I'm going to take your word for it out of laziness and not care. Touche. Good call. Let's go to Jason in the car. Jason, you're on with Double M. Oh, what's up, Mark? How you doing? Good. Hey, I'm going to say that I, I do think the Steelers have at least a, a shot at making the playoffs. Can't imagine and why. Is it having to do with Rex Grossman? It does not. I'm just saying the, the AFC in general is trash, and you have the four division leaders and then Buffalo probably taking the playoff spots, which leaves a spot open for a team like Pittsburgh. Or oh, they're not going to get a wild card. Are you nuts? No, I, I mean, who, who's going to get the second wild card? Houston lost J.J. Watt, and that you got the Steelers. Three to one, Arsenal. Who cares? Goodbye. Where's the D? Where's the D? I don't think there's anybody back there. Oh, is this awful? This is the worst league cup ever. Let's go to Nick in the truck. Nick, you're on with Double M. Hey Mark, I agreed with you. I agree with you with nutting. I just think it was a complete smokescreen. I don't believe him. Um, but there was something about the Andrew Stocky interview that I loved, and I didn't know if you remembered it or saw it. Um, but with the smokescreen, I think I, I'm I'm curious. How many years do you think he has with all these diehards that are going to believe him and come back? How many years do you think he has where they'll actually just wait it out and wait it out, thinking he's rebuilding? Well, now see, I have my, my path of action where I bob nutting would be. To legitimately rebuild, because he could, tear he, the, he could tear the he could tear the major league roster down, chop payroll in the process, and try to draft and develop with the new general manager. That's something that would take years, and it's something he could sell. Bob Nutting's always selling. That's something he could legitimately sell. Now, with the interview, what I loved, what I loved about it was. But nothing was complaining about the economics, and we don't understand what's going on, the things that we don't know. And Stocky responded. It was fantastic. He said, so is the Pirates for sale, and are you willing to sell them? And I, I just loved that question. I, I couldn't believe he actually yeah, had It's a dumb question. What did he say? It was a dumb question. No, he said, no, they're not for sale. But I thought it was awesome because it's pretty much saying, okay, you're going to complain about it, sell them. We want you to sell them. We don't want you in. What's two? And that's no, what that's like not at all what Andrew was implying. Not even a little bit. What's two plus two? Nine. You know, don't be a jerk. You want to have a conversation, you want to carry on like a schmuck. What's two plus two? Four. 
Well, we all knew the answer to that, so it's not a real intriguing question, is it? Let's go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Super G. Hey, uh, these people talking uh, playoffs, I do realize that we beat uh, three teams of the Well, yeah, right? but that's that's part of their of their uh, pitch for making the playoffs because there's so many bad teams and the Steelers can keep beating them. Okay, something's wrong with your phone or your brain. Leaves the line open at 412-333-9939. Can't believe we're down 3-1. to one. I know it's only the friggin' League Cup, but as great men have once said, the League Cup doesn't seem like it means anything until it's the only thing you can win. Let's talk to Mark. Mark, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, I wanted to talk about nutting, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk from from him, a uh, recent interview. First of all, let me and, cut and you people. off. We're going to finish this call. I want to talk about the Penguins, everybody. I don't want to talk about the baseball team never going to win. I don't want to talk about the football teams whose season shattered. Hockey calls right now. You get on right away. 412-333-WXDX. Let's talk about the team in town that's not an effing shambles. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I think he. we need to know exactly how much money the Pirates are making. And for me to believe that he's investing Yeah, he's not going to tell winning, us that. He's not going to tell us that. Well, Anything else? Well, that's the figure he needs to spend up. He's not, he's not going to tell us that. Is. Okay, okay. let me say this real slow. He's not going to open the books. What about that don't you understand? Well, then he's never going to get me to go. I don't think he cares. I mean, you can demand this and pound your fist and we deserve to, yada, yada. It's just not going to happen. It's like days on with the pie in the sky, and boy, did he turn the other way in a hurry. Bob Nutting batted his eyes at Dejon. This guy's serious. We'll talk to Dejon about that at 5.30. I mean, I don't understand why people would suddenly believe that Bob Nutting had a religious epiphany and wants to win now. Well, I want the budget to increase up to what he's making. Yeah, but he's not going to do that. And you won't be okay. able to tell because you don't know what he's making. I mean, I don't know right. why this is hard to understand. You act like you have some rights. You have no rights. True. <laughs> it is true. I know. I don't dispute that. Well, thank you for your call. Okay, we got a bunch of Penguins calls coming in. We'll get you just around the corner. Thank God, 105.9. This is Matt Murray of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.9 The X. Double M onto X. An update on those Benny Snell charges. Uh, he got pulled over in Ohio doing 68 to 55. They found weed and a gun. The gun was legal. The weed charge has been dropped. He could still face discipline from the league. That seems unlikely, but uh, you never know, boy. They like to punish for weed, don't they? And, of course, Chicolo got his charges dropped. But... Uh, I guess, however, temporarily, he remains on the commissioner's exempt list. 412-333-9939. A sad note today in hockey, uh, an old-time hockey executive, Jim Gregory, former Toronto GM, passed away. Uh, guys like him build hockey, man. I met Mr. Gregory a couple times, and uh, his knowledge of the sport, it was boundless, and he didn't mind passing it on. Love to talk about hockey. So uh, we're all going to miss Mr. Gregory 
in the hockey universe. I also got a uh, video up on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. It's this kid uh, from Carolina, Svechnikov. Remember Ovi knocked him on his wallet last year in the playoffs? Maybe regular season, just lit him up, though. Uh, he did that lacrosse thing where you scoop up the puck behind the net and stuff it over the goalie's shoulder. Here's a question for y'all. Does that display hockey skill or is it just a magic act? Hocus pocus. I mean, I think I see Sidney Crosby do five or six things every game that display more hockey acumen than a lacrosse goal. It's not often done, and I get it, but is it a hockey skill? Is it even a hockey play? Hey, the goal counted. Any way you get a goal, that's a good way to get a goal if it counts. But uh, I don't know, I'm not as impressed as some. Let's go to Wesley in Oakland. Wesley, you're on with Double M. What up, man? I uh, just wanted to call. I went to my first Pens game last night. Um, had to go see, the, see them play against the Flyers, and I thought they looked fantastic. I mean, it was a blowout, but I was really excited, you know, seeing a lot of the young players and how fast they're moving. And I just couldn't believe that Dominic Simone actually, I believe, had a four-point night, and I'm always trash-talking him. I don't know if it's just maybe him being on Sid's line. Um, but, you know, I thought I'm it was really a three-point night, but go going. ahead. Yeah, it's three or four point item. You know, I, I just wasn't sure, you know, where you see the weakness. I don't know if it's the back end. They did have a little trouble, um, you know, getting into the zone. Um, but I think Gino's coming back on Saturday. I'm curious what you're thinking of the lines to there, what's going to be um, happening. Well, I think they're going to keep Gensel, Simone, and Crosby together. I guess Gino plays with Galchenyuk. I don't know why we debate that so much. The lines change. It's a liquid situation. Really, Sid, Jake, and Simone playing together as long as they have, that's a rarity. But uh, I think the lines will be roughly what we thought they would be before the season even started. Well, what's your opinion on Marino? He's a good bottom pair defenseman. What's your opinion? I mean, I think he's young. I think he's got. I think he's got to build up a little bit. He's got the size. He just needs to grow into it a little bit more. He's got the frame. Um, I, I mean, I was impressed with him last night. I mean, I just I think the weakness is the, the defense right now overall. But um, oh, I, mean, I don't think so. To make a full I judge. don't think so. Everybody always underestimates the Penguins' defense because the offense is so star-studded, and because um, you know we don't understand that there's 31 teams in the league. They all roster seven or eight defensemen, and we want our bottom pair defenders to be Norris Trophy caliber. Our bottom pair is Marino and Jack Johnson, and that is just fine. Thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, Kevin in Lawrenceville. Kevin, you're on with Mark. Hey, what's up, Mark? What up? Hey, two things. You just reminded me of the lacrosse goal last night, and it looked like social media was like a 50-50 split on that. Everyone was kind of like pissed that it was like a little bit of like foo-foo type, like ballerina type feel. I know that anybody's pissed. I mean, I didn't, you know, have to go to the hospital for chest pains because of it, but... You know, I just, I, like for me, it's not did. a big, for, well, you know, in social media blows everything trivial out of proportion. This is trivial. It's a discussion point, but who cares? Of course. Oh, well, I was going to call you. I was calling about the uh, crowd last night. It was the third game I went to, and I was pretty impressed with the crowd because usually you can hear a pin drop in there. I don't know if you were there or not. No, I was at UFO. Oh, right. But, uh, yeah, I actually got about a quarter of the arena to start a 1975 chance. Well, I think that's Mikey and Big Bob from uh, from the Kiss FM Freak Show. Those guys are awesome. They had their own section last night, and they do impact the the enthusiasm level at Penguins games when they when they host. Let's go to Tom in Connellsville. Tom, you're on with Mark. 
Hey, what up, Double M? What up? Quick uh, question about Penguins. You may have answered this question before, but is Mario Lemieux as a person the first time as an owner and as a player to win two Stanley Cups from both? I think he's the only guy to win a cup as a player and as an owner. Never mind two. Okay. Okay. I uh, wasn't sure if you answered that I can't think of any ex-player that even owns a team. Can you? It's a dumb question. Goodbye. Let's go to uh, Matt and Wexford. Matt, you're on with Mark. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon. Hi, Mark. Um, I was thinking... Bad phone. Goodbye. Let's go to Phil in the car. Phil, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. What up, man? What up? So is uh, is Nick Bukestad going to be our, our our odd man out or our fourth line center once uh, once Gino comes back? No. Why would you say that? Well, because it looks like the lines, you know, Sid center in the first, Gino to second. It looks like McCann's going to center to third because that line's looking pretty good. Don't move, McCann to, really Don't move McCann, McCann to win. Don't move McCann to win. McCann to win. Okay. That I mean, they're not going to bench Nick Bukestad. Not at that ticket. You know what? I was hoping for hockey calls. And they were all crap. So I'll have Mike Rupp on next because we know we get good hockey talk from him. How about TJ Watt Monday night? I know Miami stinks, but he was an animal again. Two sacks, two forced fumbled, recover one of the fumbles. TJ Watt's the Steelers' best player. Everybody else just playing for second. TJ Watt is the Steelers' best player on either side of the ball. Talk hockey next with Rupper here on 105.9. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. And the hockey talk's going to get even better. Joining me now from the NHL Network and AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, he is former Pittsburgh Penguin, a Stanley Cup champion with New Jersey. He is Mike Rupp. Rupper, big night for Crosby last night. Why does Sid dominate the Flyers so much? He kills them just about every game. Because <laughs> it's the Flyers. Because it's the Flyers. And uh, you know what I you know, I don't think that he'll ever admit it, but you know, even if we look back, I think in the not too distant past, we had where everybody's kind of starting to say that the best years of Sid are behind him, and that he's kind of gotten to the he's kind of plateaued as a player, and that's kind of coming around the same time when Connor McDavid was making his mark, busting in the league, and um, you get great, uh, you have some X factor in you these great players have because you respond to things like that. Uh, listen, this kid, this, I want to say kid, when he was a young kid, the Flyers were booing him, calling him, uh, uh, what they used to call him, uh, they used to call him a baby all the time and, and all those things. used to call him Cindy. Was, the fans used to say he Cindy, dove all yeah. the time. The coach back then, uh, whoever that was, been fired since then, took shots at him. And, yes, yeah, Sid never forgets a slight. I can tell you that for certain. Yeah, so he's never going to admit it. He's a classy guy, but you don't think that that stuff resonates or you know, kind of you know, sits in there and he marinates on that. He just wants to sit there and just demolish his team every time. And last night was a perfect ind- indication of that. Now let me skip ahead for a second. We got Edmonton and Connor McDavid in town on Saturday. Who's the better player right now, McDavid or Crosby? I I, I don't want to give the uh, I'm not giving the company right here at all. The best offensive player is Connor McDavid. I, I firmly believe that. But the best hockey player is hands down Sidney Crosby. Uh, I actually will go out on a limb and even say the two best offensive players in the National Hockey League are on the Edmonton Oilers right now, and Connor McDavid and, and Leon Draisaitl, as far as producing offense. After that, I mean, but there's a lot more that go into 
being a hockey player and a leader and, and having success than, than just creating offense. Uh, we know the goals are important to win a hockey game, but there's a lot of other things that come into play. Sidney Crosby still is hands down the most valuable all-around player in the NHL. I agree, and it begs the question, how long can Sid put up big numbers? And by, by big, I mean 100 points or close, because it's rare in today's league when a player does that into his 30s, but Sid's obviously a freak. Yeah, I still think that he's still got some runway left to run that 100-point uh, echelon. Uh, that area I think he will flirt with and, and maybe get this year. And he, I still think, I don't see anything ending in the next year or two in that category, but I think that that's the great thing about him is that, listen, he's adapted his game so much since he's come in that even if Sidney Crosby in five years is is he could probably play as long as he wants to because if he's even in five years um, a, a 60, 70-point guy, he, he's added so many other things to his game where he's super valuable. So it's not a one-trick pony with this guy. It's it's not just when the offense dries up, all right, well, man, that was fun when it lasted. He, he, he's contributing all over the ice. So, um, you know, I, I think that you're starting – you can say now uh, – I, last year was a little bit of a, a, a difference, but say a guy like Patrice Bergeron, this guy is such an elite player, such a winner. Everybody wants to play with a guy like that, the way that he addresses his game. Um, but his numbers, you know, have never over the years been mind-boggling, but he's done so much. I think Sid is just as good or right on the heels uh, defensively as, as Patrice Bergeron. So that tells me in five years, if Sid's putting up 60, 70 points, but he's one of the best, if not the best, defensive forward in the league. I mean, there's tons of value in him still. Now, as you mentioned, the points certainly dictate that McDavid is a better offensive player. But I don't think Connor's ever going to get real credit for being the best player in hockey, like that undisputed credit like Sid has had until Edmonton has some success in the playoffs. No, I agree. And the one thing I will say is that I think right now they've had a good start. But I think that the reality is going to set in with this Oilers team if it hasn't started already on this season. If this season doesn't look like they are taking that next step, I'm, I am have a feeling that there's going to be some unhappiness. There has been some unhappiness out of uh, Connor McDavid in the direction of the team. But I think to the level of, all right, guys, uh, next year might be – he might be demanding something happening here because uh, it's something that, listen, and I don't fault him for it. When you're talking about a player, I mean, he wants to be, just like said, wants to be known as one of the all-time greats, if not the all-time great, you got to win. You got to win a championship to do that. And I mean, the the way that things have gone at Edmonton, it's not like you're, it's just giving up on a a team. I mean, it seems like there's no direction at times. I'm really nervous with this team this year because I think they're a very fragile team that can go either way. And if they don't start showing signs of progression, I think they could have a point where you might have to face the the idea of we traded uh, Wayne Gretzky as an organization. You might have to trade uh, Connor McDavid at some point. The Penguins recently had a three-game losing streak, Rupert. They've won uh, two since then. But did the Penguins become a better team during that three-game losing streak? Because I really feel like they did. Yeah, the game wasn't wasn't far off in those. Uh, but I think that it's that the, the team. To be honest with you, the, the the feeling, my gut feeling of this team this year, 
I have a better feeling with this team. I'm not saying that um, I'm saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I have a much better feeling of what I've seen through these first 13 games right now than I probably did in 16, 17. Well, actually, not probably. I do, and uh, way way better than last year. I, I think this is a team that the, the, the league shouldn't sleep on. Uh, this is a team that I I just think that it could have the potential. They've shown enough. They've had enough guys step up. They have enough move uh, pieces to move around. And, and and the whole reality of it too is. They haven't even gotten the continuity in their line mates because they've had so many injuries. So what happens when they actually start getting mad? You saw last night, we know the Sid line's been great. I think Dominic Simone's been awesome, too, the way that he's fit on that line. But now all of a sudden, I really liked last night that McCann line. And you start getting them all over the ice, just hacking and whacking and creating some turnovers and creating some offense out of it. Um, this, this is a team that I think is in a much better place. I'd probably say... My feeling on this team right now through 13 games is probably further ahead than I have in the last five, five plus years that I've seen this team. Uh, the record isn't overwhelming, but we've seen things and this road trip was a, a good indication and they responded uh, back at home with a big win. We're talking to Mike Rupp of the NHL Network. He's brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 50% or more on car insurance. Um, what? Strides that the Penguins made in terms of structure and system, and can they maintain that when Evgeny Malkin returns? Yeah, they they should. I mean, in theory, they should be able to. And, and Evgeny Malkin is still going to be chomping at the bit to erase the taste in his mouth from last season. And he's a player that's understanding, especially probably now at the point of his career where he's at too. That maybe needs to be a little more calculated and 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 creating offense and he could still create offense with some of the best um but just being a little more calculated in that i feel like the team is doing a better job with that it's not just uh trying for hope plays and you know we're, we're always taught when we're playing that hope plays are are no good you don't want to hope that a guy's there and throw it to a danger area you have to know. You have to have communication. Um, the, those are things I think Gino's going to bring to the lineup this year when he's in there. And uh, that's why, I, yeah, I think that the structure of this team, the, what they're giving up against is, is way ahead of schedule from last season. And uh, I think that that's, that's been a, a main cog in the reason why they've had some success this year. They're defending. Galchenyuk got zero points last night in a 7-1 win. I know he's been hurt and barely played, Ropper, but... Are we worried about him yet? Uh, because he kind of looks lost out there so far. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned with him just because, and it's hard just from what you said. He's been injured, but I also know that you know when you I've been in that boat where you don't really get in the rhythm of the first ten fifteen games, and then you get thrown in game thirteen and fourteen or a hell of a lot different than games one and two and three. So it, you don't really have time to, you know, you got to hit the ground running. Um, the one thing I see with him at times is he seems like he he's thinking too much. And I think that that is natural. When you go to a new place, you're learning new systems, how to play with guys, and he hasn't been in the lineup. Um, the talent is there. It's never been an issue with that. It's about how comfortable he can get playing under this system and the way that he can get some continuity with some teammates and line mates. That's going to be the biggest thing. If he can find any kind of chemistry with Gino, I think that he'll be fine. 
if he doesn't find that and he has to play on another line without Sid or Gino, yes, I, I would be concerned. Cahoon got off the snide the last couple games, had three points last night. How big is that for him? Because I think he has some talent. And how big is it for the Penguins to develop some secondary scoring? Yeah, that's that's one thing. When he came over from Chicago, I, I liked his game. He's had a uh, he's been a player when he was in Chicago that can kind of bump all around your lineup, and that's how this Penguins team's made. Um, you know, maybe not the same type of a player as a Brian Russ, but a guy who can who can add speed and and, and get involved and in, in, in create things um, on a few different lines, and that's always good to have. So you got to ride the hot hand at certain times. So. Uh, he's he's a player that I I to be frank we've been kind of underwhelmed with maybe probably the preseason in the first five six games but he's starting to find his way now and I think that's important to give a guy time and, and just find that it, it's about finding that role I mean yeah it's great that he played at times with Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves and in theory it's you're thinking okay well you got Sidney Crosby have Kenny Malkin he should be able to play with those guys too but it's different when you actually you know, when the rubber hits the road and you got to do it. And now I actually find that that role he was in in the game yesterday with Brian Rust, uh, Dominic Cahoon, and, and uh, Jerry McCann, that line, that's a little, that's that's a that's a difficult line to play against. They're quick, they're on you, they're hounding pucks, they're creating turnovers. And uh, he did a great job on, on uh, the one goal in the game. Um, I actually believe it was his, uh, his goal. He, he got the puck. He got knocked down by the half wall. Instead of just making one of those hope plays, throwing it in the middle of the ice, he knew that, all right, I got to get this thing deep. We can't force a turnover here. Put it deep, and then that allowed Brian Russ to get on the forecheck. And then you have McCann buzzing in there, creating some chaos, and then Cahoon gets the puck in front of the net. So that that's the way he needs to play. Fast, jump on your opportunities when they come because he has the skill to put pucks away. But it's all going to be by just legs, legs. Let your legs go. Get your stick on puck. And, and kind of be a chaos line. I thought that line brought it in that game. How great is Latang right now? To not only play like he does his style rupper at a breakneck pace, but to play 24 minutes every night like that. Wow. Yeah, he, here's a, you know, I'll speak to this just from playing with him and, and, and you know, him being a friend of, uh, and just kind of speaking to him on different times, he, he's an extremely driven, at times stubborn <laughs> player. We know that. But I'm saying that in a very complimentary way. Um, he still, I think last year he should have certainly, if it wasn't for him, probably the, the latter part of the season and getting banged up, he should have been in the Norris talk. And I've talked to him about different things. I mean, geez, I talked to him. We come out with these these rankings at NHL network that, that come out that really have no, I have no bearing on the analysts don't have bearings on. It's, it's more of uh, our, our research people that come up with these, these lists and we got to talk about them. And I've talked to him, talked to him about it. And it's funny because he gets pissed. He wants to be one of the league's best. He wants to be referred to as it. So if we're doing a top 10 list and Chris Letang's not on it, that bothers him. And I like that. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I agree. He should be that Chris Letang to me still, I may hold him at a higher standard than, than a lot of people uh, across the league, but this guy is still, for me, top five defenseman in the league. I mean, he is that good. Uh, he can do everything on both sides of the puck. At times, a little stubborn, need to be a little more calculated, 
but the guy's got got a, the warrior mentality. When it's time to time to go, and you need someone to look to next year to to go to battle with, it's Crystal Tang. Finally, Rupert, the Penguins are eight and five. The injury crisis seems to have passed. They really could not have expected better, could they? No, this is a really good position for them to be in. Um, it doesn't stop the work. It doesn't stop the adjustments. But they're in a really good spot. If you, if you talk about the, the guys that they've had out and with all the moving parts, with talking about last year kind of getting a new, I, not identity, but a new aura to your team, they've shed that. And they've got a lot of things moving in the right place. And the more, maybe maybe that record is one of the better things that could happen to them because not any, I don't think anybody's really talking about them being an elite team right now. Sneak under the radar. Next thing you know, you're talking January. People are like, oh, yeah, this team's not so bad. And now you're rolling. You've got guys who found their roles. Uh, their little niche on the team. And you start getting some momentum here. I, I, I would have to assume that Mike Sullivan is very pleased at where things are at. I, I certainly am from my vantage point. Mike, great stuff. As always, a pleasure. We'll talk again next week. Talk to you later. That's Mike Rock brought to you by Geico. I'm Mark Madden. Talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, hi, Mark. Hi. First thing, I love your show. I just talked to David Lee Rock. He said, somebody give me a doctor. VX at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. Adults 21 and over. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Liverpool not tied with Arsenal 4-4 in the 65th minute of the Carabao Cup. The game is a crime against football, but uh, somehow oddly entertaining. Bob, I want to read this quote from uh, Rocky Blyer. He posted it on Instagram about Mason Rudolph. Rudolph plays like he has a fear of failure. I know there is a big expectation on him, but that fear restricts one innate ability to believe in himself and take calculated risks. That may come with time, but right now we don't have the time, unquote. Uh, your thoughts on what Rocky said? Uh, for the first half of the game the other night, Mark, I'm absolutely uh, in agreement with Rocky. I even said I had a friend over. My family was watching the game. There was a time I jumped up and yelled, throw it, throw it. I mean, he looked terrified in that first quarter. All right, let's say first quarter, not first half. But in that first quarter, he was holding on to the ball. And we're not talking holding on to the ball like Ben Roethlisberger does as he kind of moves around and surveys and goes read to read to read. It looked like Mason Rudolph had his target and just was trying to talk himself out of throwing the ball. That got better later in the game. Fortunately, they got the win. But I can't argue with what Rocky said right there. Nor can I, uh, and like you, Bob, I saw less and less of that as Monday's game got older. Then again, the Steelers were playing the worst team I've ever seen. Now, if that's true about Rudolph, if he is uh, fearing failure, that's got something to do with the coaching, too, because, you know, the training wheels don't let him do much. Mm -hmm. If you sense the coaches are scared and the game plan's scared, you're going to be scared, too. You know what, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we're not talking the week he was out with the concussion, obviously, or the bye week, but you've heard this. You heard it from Feekner the first week that they put him in there. You've heard it in the weeks leading up to the game on uh, Monday night. The chances are there. Maybe they held him back a little bit, but there were also a couple of times where he just didn't throw it when he needed to throw it. So let's put a little of this on both sides of the equation, both the offensive game plan and on Mason Rudolph getting comfortable, getting confident, um, and hopefully he's there right now and he continues to improve. Well, Rocky made a great point about how the Steelers don't have time to, you know, ride this out much longer. Right, right. 
because it is ridiculous that here we are uh, heading into week nine, having played seven games, the bye week already in there, and Mason Rowe has been the starter since halftime of week two, and we still don't feel like he's found an identity as a quarterback. Well, maybe, that's what I said, maybe he's getting that confidence. Maybe he's gaining that right now. Um, Boy, no Ben, no chance resonates, you know, with everything going on with the Steelers right now. Now, there is a teeny chance. I know you've been asking callers all day. Do do you realistically think the Steelers have a chance to make the playoffs? Because I don't. Only because they're not eliminated mathematically. So let's look at this right now. They're three and four. Let's say they lose to both the Colts and the Rams, Mark. They're going to be three and six. Then they beat the Browns, the Bengals, the Browns again, and then the Arizona Cardinals. That means they're... So let me see about this straight. You expect them to lose the next two games at home and then reel off a four-game winning streak. Against the Browns, the Bengals, and Arizona? Yeah. That can be done. I don't think so. Who do they lose to in that? Could lose to any of them. No, they could. They could. They're in a category with those teams. Well, of course, but I mean, as we're discussing this, I could say that they could win every single game. People talk about the Steelers, well, we'll beat the bad teams. People say that don't understand the Steelers are one of the bad teams. Can we go with most likely to happen then? Say most likely to happen, they'll lose to the Colts and the Rams. Most likely, they'll beat the Browns, Bengals, Browns, and um, Arizona Cardinals. Let's say they lose. Well, I think there's a better chance they beat Indianapolis at home. Uh, this Sunday than they win at Cleveland. Really? Yeah, With Cle- the way Cleveland is falling apart right now. But they're a talented team, and the Steelers aren't exactly super glued together either. I mean, Mark, in the words of Bobby Brister, they're coming unglued. You can see it today on the internet with Baker Mayfield, you know, just snapping at everybody and then walking off in the middle of his own press availability. He's a loser. He's not going to take them anywhere. He's Johnny Manziel Jr. <laughs> he is. I had that called right off the bat. Bob, your thoughts on the Penguins' big win last night? Uh, like I said, it doesn't get much better when UFO were taking the stage and the Penguins dropped 6 nothing. Right, I heard you on DVE today say you were throbbing. I was Tumescent. Th- right, tumescent is a good word. Um, it was great. I mean, just to get out that fast and to have everything going well, and you're right, Mark, the Flyers, have uh, they are not physical. They are not aggressive. They rolled over last night. Um, it wasn't just Elliot. It wasn't just Elliot being bad. That team had nothing last night. It was such an enjoyable win. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I just the fact that they scored on their first four shots, and uh, the Flyers had four shots at the same time, and it was four nothing. The other thing is shots are four four. Pittsburgh leads four zip. Right, and just to take your cue out of the three o'clock hour and some of the callers, um, I'm coming around on Dominic Simone also. Uh, I still think that there well, are some I'm chances. I'm not coming around. I think he's playing uh, well enough in the p- job right now. Right. He fits there. And, you know, the caller brought up that you said a while ago, leave him on that line for a month. See how it works out. It looks like that is working out. It looks like they are getting more and more comfortable with each other. We hear about how well they're, you know, the synergy in practice, how the, that line looks great. It's starting to happen in the games now. Now you just need him to finish a little bit more often, and that's going to be a wicked line because as you get these other players coming back, Mark, and they fill out the second and third and even now push back into the fourth, if they continue to play the way they are playing right now, that's going to be a four. I mean, they're going to be a team to reckon with. 5-4 Arsenal. This is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. What, my, my two concerns are Galchenyuk looks lost still, although he's barely played, mm-hmm. and the power play over its last 14. Power play, absolutely a concern. Galchenyuk, I say give him a little bit more time. 
Um, and other people saying, you know, that Matt Murray, oh, he's playing well right now, but he doesn't, you know, last the entire season. You can't say that. You can, just let's leave it as Matt Murray is playing super right now. Well, he's the stealth goalie. I wouldn't say he's making any spectacular saves, but that's okay. He's making the job look easy, which is how goalies of his, you know, build and and uh, and demeanor usually do when they're playing well. No, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have the stealth goalie. You know what you're talking about? Listening to Borky the other night. I mean, Matt Murray is in position. He doesn't need to make the spectacular saves. You know, he's not a physical goalie like we used to have with Mark Andre Fleury. You don't see him diving or splashing or throwing the helicopter leg all around. He doesn't need to. He's in position. The glove hand looks much better this year. He looks like he absolutely has it all together. And that's perfect because as the Penguins get through this time with everybody out and they start to get people back, that just adds to it. With Murray back there playing the way he is, uh, all good things, I think, for the Penguins coming up. Who's going uh, going to win Game 7 tonight, Bob? Astros. And uh, will you watch it? I will not watch it, but Astros. You know, I'm more. I'm following the story about Mattress Mac and all the money he's putting on the Astros and how much he's losing. And who the hell is Mattress Mac? He's this super loaded furniture guy that's been putting down millions of dollars in bets on the Astros. He's lost like six point two already, but I guess he made some advertising deal. Whereas if the Astros win the World Series, he's out like nineteen twenty million dollars worth of furniture. Everybody gets their furniture for free. If the Astros win. If the Astros win, right. I take it he's located in Houston. <laughs> he is. And he's like 90. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference then? Yeah, well, well he's got to spend that money somehow before he goes. As long as he has one coach to lie down on and croak. I, <laughs> I shouldn't talk well, the that play way last after. night. Can I just say this? The play last night, that was ridiculous. The guy ran down the baseline. You know, whatever the rule says, that's baseball. You run down the baseline, you get it knocked out of your hand. That's not interference. That's baseball. I wouldn't know, Bob, because like most of you America... <laughs> I didn't watch. That's Bob McLaughlin. Up next, we'll talk about lacrosse goal in hockey. Anybody ever scored hockey goal in lacrosse? 105.9.